You're listening to the Fox and the Phoenix podcast. Understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, dual gender male to female crossdresser, LGBTQ plus advocate, TEDx speaker, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of FoxandHanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hi, Savannah. Hi, Julie, you beautiful woman, you. Ah, stop it. You're making me blush. I will not stop. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I am good. I've been waiting for this episode. I will get into it in a minute, but I've been doing a whole bunch of research this morning. As well as I met a lovely young lady in Starbucks today who was complimenting me on my shirt. Um, Unfortunately, I'm dressing down today. I had a little bit of a rough night, late morning, needed to get some work done. Therefore, Savannah is back burnered for a bit. Savannah will show up tomorrow for a podcast appearance. So that will be fine. So I'll get my time in. I'll get my time in. It'll be okay. But I just today, I was like, I need to work. I don't have time. And it happens to the best of us. We've had conversation about this, about either just not having the energy to do it or the desire to do it. And that's okay. Remember, I was freaking out, thinking I was going months, not feeling like Savannah needed to be around. Yeah. Like what you said, you weren't going to dress today because you were up late and all this. There was a moment where I was slightly worried because I just wanted to make sure that you weren't getting into one of those slumps. I am your accountability partner, Mm. many things, and you are mine as well. When I said, are you sure? I was glad to hear what you just said, that you do in fact have a podcast where you will be getting dressed. So that makes me pleased. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you saying that to me, it made me pause. She says, you sure? And I'm like, how do I want to answer this? How am I feeling about this? I could have done it, but then I wouldn't have all the time to research the stuff we're going to talk about today. So with that being said, I did some writing. I got a new chapter written in my queer young adult fiction. I met a woman who loved my shirt. It is an abstract of the Demigorgon from Stranger Things. And as soon as I sat down, she's like, oh, I love your shirt. And then she had a book from the library. And I saw S on the spine. That's so all I could say. It's like, what you reading? And she is reading the new Stephen King book mm-hmm. called The Institute. And it just makes my heart hurt because I love Stephen King. And I have not read any Stephen King book since prior to Dr. Sleep, which is like 10 years ago. And he's so prolific. Even when he retired, he is so freaking prolific in his writing. I'm just like, I need to just get some audible books so I could just listen to it on my drive because I'm never going to set aside time to be like, oh, let me sum through this new book of mine (laughs) in print. I think he's my favorite author. So hopefully, with that said, I will make more of an effort to try to put Stephen King back in my ear holes, maybe. Since I can't do it through my eye holes. <laughs> cool. Wait, I'm waiting for my share when you say, but how are you doing? But how are you doing? Ah, oh, you asked. I'm so happy you asked. I've been compelling to with overcome me. with joy. <laughs> so I am in an era, as the kids say now, it's an era. I am in the journey of self-discovery. I know you're not supposed to say it when you're in it because it like cheapens it. But like, I'm definitely on a health and wellness journey and in a self-discovery phase, not teaching preschool this summer has allowed me to take on so many more clients for coaching 
feminization coaching and I'm so excited. Oh, so very cool. get me while I've got space kids, because this availability is limited, is limited. And I'm trying to work as hard and as much as I can with as much hard as I can while I still can while we have the summer. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, awesome. I'm happy that you're getting new clients or returning clients and you're able to dig into that creativity. I know yes. it's awesome. So awesome for you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Are they still saying that or is that already passe? That's now? something that you and I started with each other when I came to visit you. It's yes. <laughs> That's a whole other not, thing. Not yes, Queen, but what, what did yeah. we do? We said oh, yes. 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 I love that. It's so creepy and whimsical. Okay. So now that I could share, <laughs> what do you have on the docket today that you are just, oh, you're beaming. If anyone could see, I asked Chuck before the episode, I said, do you have foundation on? And you're like, no, I just shaved. But you are like glowing. And I love that for you. Thank you. I am. I'm feeling good. You say I'm looking good. I didn't do anything but shave. I did nick myself under the chin. That's very sad. Maybe it's just perfect. The cascade of perfect lighting in my ring light. I don't know. I'll take the compliment. Thank you so much. I'm not going to diminish your compliment because obviously that's what you see. And that's awesome. But today, kiddos, we are talking about a little something that happened to me. It's so strange to me and the absurdity of it. It's just so compelling to me. And hopefully you agree as we get into it. I hope that this is a whimsical episode. We're going to talk about religion today. And we haven't talked deep dive religion since episode five, debunking Deuteronomy 22.5. And we're returning to that today because of something that happened to me, to moi. So let me set the stage. There I was posting on Instagram. And my Instagram post, June 20th, around mm. there. Okay. It was archived pictures I'd taken. I hadn't posted them yet. And it says, it's dreary, rainy, and hump day. Keep on lighting up the world as beacons of darkness. My loves. It seemed pretty benign. It was just a nice. Yeah, but I message. love that. Thank okay. you. Thank you. And of course, yeah. I got all my hashtags up in here. Of course. I did it. I walked away and I'm like, oh, look, comments. And I thought it'd be like, oh, thank you too. And oh, thank you for the, the positive vibe, whatever. Well, that's not right. what happened. What did happen was this message. And I'm going to tell the person's Instagram handle. It's Callie.Brew. So that's K-A-L-E mm. dot B-R. <laughs> look them up. And they had no posts at the time. <laughs> the profile pic is a ripped guy with a 12-pack abs, but no posts, 100 followers. I'm like, okay, let me see what this guy's all about. And it says, repent and believe in the gospel for he is our savior. And there's a little emoji. It's like a purple emoji square with a cross in it. And I was like, lovely. I was like, huh? So I said back at to them, are you asking me to repent for asking people to light up the world as beacons in the darkness? Question mark. To which they said, Leviticus 18.22, do not practice homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman. It is a detestable sin. And then Revelation 20.10 says, And a devil who had deceived them was thrown into a lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Can we just say, oh, that's so cute, to their response? I could have, but I didn't say that. I said, so, you assume I am gay then? Huh, I will have to let my girlfriend know you have decided I am not heterosexual. 
And they replied, I don't care what you are. I just don't want anyone to go to hell, again, with the little cross emoji. And I think they meant God is great, but they said good is great. and He loves you. Repent to believe the gospel. So I said, <laughs> I very much appreciate your concern for my eternal soul. I do know the Lord God is my ultimate judge, and I will abide his judgment of the quality of my life here on earth. Then I also had to throw in a little bit of a, a Bible verse in there. In James 4, 10 to 12, quote, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? I wrote down a little note while you were talking, and I said, even and especially gay brothers. You know, just to jazz it up, make it modern during Pride season. Obviously, when you hear this, listeners, it's not going to be a Pride anymore, but that's all happened in the month of Pride. Maybe this person felt more extraordinary concern for my well-being in my and not mm. wanting me to have eternal torment. I don't know. So then we get to the classics. The classics of Deuteronomy 22.5. Yes, kids. Deuteronomy 22.5. A woman should not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Repent and believe in the gospel. You can be saved. I am not judging nobody but spreading, just spreading the word. So if you're not judging nobody, that typically means you're judging somebody because that's a double negative, just saying, grammatically. You know, that, 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 <laughs> I was like, I judge you nobody. <laughs> on fire. You're on fire. And speaking of fire and hell, as wow. we're talking about this episode and you're telling me how excited you are, of course the phone listens and is your slave, is your God. Sorry. Ooh, uh, sorry, lightning bolt. I got this quote came across my path that said, if your path demands you to walk through hell, walk as if you own the place. Yeah. And I just pictured all these like religious cross-dressers and they're like, they're <laughs> size 13 heels just strutting in hell with Billy Joel style. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners <laughs> have much more fun. Ow, ow. I was actually thinking, Elton John, I'm still standing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. like struck around. Yeah. I saw that on your post and I thought that was amazing. That was a great quote. You've been doing some amazing quotes lately. Thank you. Yeah. So where was I? Oh, so I'm sorry. So they had quoted Deuteronomy 22, five of the classics when it comes to cross-dressing. Mm -hmm. And I said in response, unfortunately, you're quoting the Old Testament Deuteronomic laws for the Hebrews, which was considered outdated and irrelevant once Jesus spilt his own blood as a lamb sacrifice of God. If you believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord, Savior in all things, then I believe you are discounting him as our Savior if you're using Old Testament man-made laws as God's teachings. Yeah, flexing like a mofo, kid. Yep, yep, someone was paying attention. I was in like religious in, school. <laughs> no, I was not. This is called Googling. Oh. But I will tell you, I was like, I was just like engaged. I was like, but I know, mm. and we all know that these debates online never really come back with, oh, I see your point. But what I am going to tell you that I kind of saw yes, his yes. next point, I know, I kind of saw, he, he comes up with something. I'm like, all right, I got you. So he says, Jesus didn't make, he said made, 
Jesus didn't make the Old Testament not the Word. I think what they meant to say is Jesus wasn't of the Old Testament, and he wasn't the Word of the Old Testament. First, there was a Word, and the Word was God. Okay, I get it. The Hebrew God, Moses up on the mountain, bringing down the commandments, yeah. the whole bit. I get it. I get yeah. it. I'm not saying there wasn't all these laws that were found in scrolls that became part of the Bible. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And there are still people today, Orthodox Jews, that follow many of the 613 Jewish commandments, which I think you told yes. me is called the mitzvot, Mitz- uh, mitzvot, sorry. And yes. like those are real laws that they adhere to. So I'm not saying these things are not in play, but I am a Christian and I believe in different laws. So I responded, I'm sorry, they responded twice. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Second, Second Timothy 3, 16, 17. I'm like, you know what? You kind of got me. That yeah, there, there are things that are in the Bible that you can say, is that still valid? Is that still worked in today's era? Let me think about that. Let me think about right. the law in its application. Well played. I gave him a little imaginary snap of the fingers. And then, of course, Nikki Mirage came in over the top with, we're all born naked and everything else is drag. Kiss. Yes. So, yes. yes. So, right. I go, I'm leaving it there. Because that was freaking amazing. Yes um, and yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what so that quote, that last quote from Second Timothy got me thinking. If we're gonna talk about this again after 140 episodes and revisit mm. this, I decided to do my homework today. Just a little cursory Googling. I didn't know there were 613 Jewish commandments. I got it. And I said, where do they all come from? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's where all those laws came from. That's part of Hebrew tenets. Got it. So unfortunately, I'm a New Testament kid. So when this individual is telling me to repent and study the Gospels, I'm like, well, is that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? I, okay, I got it. I'm all about Jesus' teachings. I get it. Commandments, don't kill people, Whoa. whatever. The ma- yeah, the major. You're on fire. I'm on fire. But I thought you and I would have a little fun today, Julie, if you're cool with that, with going through some of these Deuteronomic laws, what I have done, and this is similar to what we when we looked at the top ways to be a cross-dresser and do this and do that, and we had fun with that a few episodes ago. So I looked up some things. And the first is that the Deuteronomic Code, found in Deuteronomy chapters 12 through 26, is a reinterpretation or revision of Israelite law based on historical conditions as interpreted by the 7th century BC historians known as the Deuteronomists. Discovered in the temple at Jerusalem in 621 BC, the Deuteronomic Code attempted to purify the worship of Yahweh from Canaanite and other influences. So what I did is I took those 613 Hebrew commandments and I removed everything that was from Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, and Leviticus. And I removed every law outside of Deuteronomy chapters 12 to 26, everything outside of that. And I took away anything that seemed to be utterly absurd unless it was comedic for us. I will tell you right now, I did go, I found everything at jmu.edu, which is James Madison University. They had those 613 Hebrew commandments. 
I used BibleRef.com because these were very mm. watered down. It was like, here's the essence of what this passage said. But some of them, I'm like, I don't even know what they're saying. So I went back to the actual full verse to see what it really said, which is different across every freaking revision of the Bible. King James versus something else say things so differently. So I basically said, all right, let me like put all this in just a little concise little thing because little baby thing. Because if somebody's going to throw Deuteronomy 22.5 at me and say, men shall not wear the garments of a woman and vice versa, then we need to look at everything around that verse that we also should be adhering to because don't throw that law at me. Try to pinpoint me as this is why, because God said, and then not adhere to all the other things that are between verses 20, 20, 12 and 26. So I thought that would be fun because I'm crazy that way. And I thought, <laughs> now, if you're with me on this, I figured you would enjoy it with me as well. What do you think? I'm enjoying it with you. I'm oh. enjoying your excitement, your enthusiasm. <laughs> I don't know. It's never going to, we're never going to be cherished and accepted by very religious folk, especially those religious folk that have transphobia, homophobia, are hiding something about themselves that goes against this law that they're following, this gospel, this sense of righteousness and need to save people who are living their authentic best self. I remember being in college and I didn't know anything about, I knew very little about other religions because it made me uncomfortable, to be quite frank. So I stayed in my Jewish lane and this and that. And I developed a friendship with this gal that introduced me to the concept of Jews going to hell and tried to, quote, save me with biblical scriptures at a young, I don't know, 19, 19 years old. And I was very uncomfortable just on a giant worldly front about, does every Christian or Catholic believe that? It's just wild of this thought. It was just like ungodly, pun intended, that this was even happening, where there was someone who took concern and care for me and wanted to teach me the teachings of Jesus to save me. And it was like very awkward, very weird. The friendship did not last very long. I believe there was another person in our circle that was religious, but told her to just back off, basically. And I was very thankful that she did. I never really looked at her the same way. Yeah, it was, I don't know. Yeah, it's that. I don't know. As we all know, that and politics seem to be the two things that are so derisive, so polarizing. Politics is left and right and middle, but religion comes in so many flavors, hundreds of different religions, as well as in Christianity, there are so many different facets in whether you're a Baptist or Presbyterian or Catholic or Lutheran or Methodist, there's so many flavors, even with the same religious sect where you can be progressive or traditional or whatever. It blows my mind that there's just so much diversity. It's great that there's diversity, but it's also terrible because everybody thinks they're 100% right, seemingly. That's like what you get when you get more zealot people out there like this person with me. Like, they want to save my soul. They're not judging me, but yet 
Somehow they found me out of the blue during Pride Month with not one post to their name on Instagram. Somehow found me, and how did they find me? Must have been the tags, the hashtags, and felt just by me. They showing, wrote a book. Well, who knows how far they went down that rabbit hole to see who I was? They saw my picture, they saw my post, right. saw my caption, and felt I needed to repent to be saved and cherish the gospels. Hey, I don't know. Maybe it did a deep dive and knew everything about me and said, You're like one of those people I need to save. Yeah. And I am sure that during Pride Month, there's a whole lot of Christians or Catholics or whatever it is getting together and figuring out, okay, let's target this group, that group, the other group, and let's do some saving. This is our time. They're confused. They're hurt. Using this hate in a way that says, oh, they don't know any better. They need to be cared for. And it is our job as good Christian people to save. Who knows? I don't know enough about it, but that could be one of their things to get more points with the big guy or with Jesus is to convert and to change. And what better yet than to do it with someone Hashtags are no hashtags like you. Someone who is authentic and they are out there. They're visible. They, you've written a book. We have a podcast. Yes, hashtags, fine. They can easily follow every one of those hashtags and be like, every day I'm going to troll X amount of people. And by the end of Pride Month, I will feel like I did some saving. God's work, you know? And it's just the amount of cruelty and harm and trauma that religion has done for humans is ungodly, an ungodly amount. And I use that phrase in irony, in jest, because it is just really painful. I have my friend who's a body worker, that her mother was a Jehovah Witness, and they used to pray that she wouldn't masturbate. They prayed. They ousted her from the church when she was 16, which meant that she was ousted from her family. And I'm not saying that the Jews are great either. Cruelty, abuse, trauma, manipulation, so much of the patriarchy is wrapped up in this kind of religious thing, so much power. It's really hard to digest it all. And I appreciate your enthusiasm with this topic. I know it's something that we were trying to have a whimsical, a whimsical good time. Yes, we are. But it's very deep how far that this religious stuff goes. I'm intrigued by everything that you have to say. I hold everyone in my heart very closely. And I know you have who has been a victim of this sort of trauma. And for me, who grew up Lutheran, only because that's what my parents were. And I had the type of parents who didn't make it a big deal for the whole family to go. It was more of a, okay, you're old enough now that I can drop you off, make sure you go to the the first sermon, and then go to Sunday school, and then I'll pick you up at such and such a time. I probably can count just in my memory, maybe 20 times total, where I remember being in church with my mom and dad. Typically, my dad would fall asleep. He was not a churchgoer. So it wasn't important to them and it didn't become indoctrinated to me in any lasting way, which is why I went away from organized religion. That's my how I approach religion. I believe I'm a good person. I'm not hurting anybody, doing my best on this planet. So that's how I see life. And that's a little more spiritualistic than it is religious. I do my best. And I do my best because I feel I should be doing my best as a person in this world. 
Not because I have a fear that, yep, when I die, if I don't do good works, I'm going to hell. I'm not doing it because I have a fear of what happens right. if you do not. I do it because I feel that's the right thing to do for me. So with that being said, and again, I do not want to squash on any listener's belief system. I don't want to make a determination that you're too religious, not religious enough. That is not our place here. Our place really here is to combat, just like we did in episode five, when people come at us with just a couple passages and they throw the passages at you and then you combat that with your own logic and then they just keep feeding passages at you from the Bible that do not necessarily go with each other. They just keep using these random passages to circular argument their point. So well, the Bible says this, and the Bible right. says to believe it, therefore it must be true, therefore you have to believe it, round and round you go, and you really can't argue with people just tossing random scriptures at you. So that's why I wanted to do this today, again, in a very logical way. Not to say that all these 613 mm. commandments are not actually in use today, especially in the Jewish Orthodox religion. And especially we see documentaries yeah. about it. We see, I've seen it on the streets of New York. There are people who very much adhere to these commandments or the majority. That's why we have Sabbath. That's why people don't work on the Sabbath. That's why people don't touch electricity. That's why we have kosher refrigerators. All these things are still in place. So let's not discount that. But when somebody says Deuteronomy 22.5, that's why cross-dressing is an abomination, I'm going to hold you to task. Because that person guaranteed was that, and guarantee is not living the life according to all the commandments and rules in Deuteronomy verses 12 to 26. So with that being said, I want to throw some at you, Julie, and you can tell me what you're thinking about these. I found these to be, okay. I, kinda, I grouped them together, but I want to hit you with this one because I know we got shows on the television all about this. Deuteronomy 18, mm -hmm. verse 11 says, and there's a whole bunch of them, but it says, do not say incantations or cast spells. Do not attempt to contact the dead. Do not consult with mediums. Do not converse with wizards. Mm. Well, there goes my social life. <laughs> I know. There goes a Long Island medium. Me now, Ms. Galeo, call <laughs> me now. It sounds like your wife is in deep doo-doo with the neighbor next door. So there's a whole bunch of things in 1811, which ain't too far from 22.5, they're telling me, whoa, so we should be talking to spiritualists and people who commune with the dead and Ouija boards and any crossing over. Uh, so I'll tell you what, if I'm not watching TLC or true television, I'm probably missing out on a bunch of these things. So <laughs> I just hope that person is all about that. The next one I did have in the way I broke down these laws it was broken down for me. It was in sections of things to do, not to do. So 22.5 came back up and I did look up like, what's the point of it? According to the Bible says.com, it's summary about it. it says the rationale for this law is unclear. It does not appear with other laws concerning sexual morality, which is Deuteronomy 22, 13 to 30. So it may not speak to sexuality issue. It makes sense that they're trying to put all these things together. And I did find one more thing before we abandon 22.5. I went to another spot, also the Bible says, and it says, just as a woman is not allowed to wear a man's clothing, a man could not put on a woman's clothing, cross-dressing would have at least two negative effects. 
first, it would violate the natural order of things that the suzerain, which is ruler, God had established. For although God created male and female equally, created them with distinctive natural gender, thus to cross-dress would be to confuse gender and act contrary to God's design for human beings. Humanity was created as God's image, as being male and female, and that female was set up as helper. Cross-dressing was known to be practiced in paganism to gain the favor of the gods, goddesses, or to invoke them to send a message. Thus, it would reflect the religious practices of the pagan nations surrounding Israel, thus suggesting an association with idolatry. So here we go. If these were rules and laws for the Jewish nation, and they didn't want you to be all crossbreeding with the pagans, then maybe they set this all like, hey, I don't want you doing what they're doing because we don't want to be like them and we need to separate ourselves from them. Therefore, I'm going to say, hey, what's up? Don't do this thing because these pagans are doing it. So is it just a matter of fact that it is an abomination to God or the fact that the Hebrew nation was being told, hey, don't act like these other religions because we are our own thing? Thoughts, miserable. I mean, I'm just baffled. <laughs> I'm listening to you spouting off the scriptures, and I'm just like, wow. I'm just trying to take it all in. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah and I apologize if I'm coming off with crazy energy and enthusiasm because like I said, I'm just finding all this data that is basically refuting this person's premise that I need to be saved. First of all, never apologize for your enthusiasm. Okay. Second of all, all I have to say about this is Mickey Licky High, Mickey Heidi Ho. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rebel, Daddy, a loner. Sorry, that's my Pee Wee Hermit. Okay. So <laughs> what is that from? That's the Pee Wee oh Hermit. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My very bad Pee Wee Hermit. So now we're going to go away from. The whole reason why I got into this was Deuteronomy 25. And I want to like go into some of these other laws that they speak of in this group. It says, a man, this is 24-1, a man should contractually marry a woman before living with her. So what? you shouldn't be living with a girl if you ain't married to her. Living in sin. Living in sin, man. Living in sin. You know it. And that's right there. But it is a... Can I just say to all the people that have significant others and are like, oh, I would never live with them before marriage, that will be living in sin. Marriage. First of all, you got to. You have to. Or else just sign your sign the divorce papers along with the prenup. Sign it in pencil because you don't know what you need to know unless you live with someone. Just don't know. I mean, you are literally a hope and a prayer. Which I guess they are. So fine, do what you want. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, you're really counting on God for that, and all the unicorns and the all the dead people that you're not supposed to contact them because not living with someone before you're married, you are you have no idea until you lived with someone if you could take it, if you can handle it. You know the delegation of chores, what they won't do, what they will do. Ah, yeah. Yeah, it seems okay. Go ahead. Well, here we go. This is all about laws created millennia ago. It does it hold to the modern premise? If that were the case, we wouldn't have a fifty percent divorce rate in most places. So, to your point, Julie, yes, you almost can't 
just up and marry somebody without having some sort of domestic understanding of how each of them works. Now, is this person who told me that I should repent? Did, are they living with a girlfriend? Have they lived with somebody without being married to them? I don't know. But it seems like don't throw stones at glass houses. That's all I'm saying. And also, I'm just, just saying. You, I'm just saying. And also, Deuteronomy 24.4 says, you can't remarry your divorced wife. So if things didn't work out. Well, that's just- a given. That's a given. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought this next one was pretty crazy. And again, if you're throwing cross-dressing lore at me from the Bible, I'm going to throw this at you. And this is what I had to go and look at the actual passage because I didn't really understand what was being said to me. So let me give me one second. I'm going to pull this one up for you because it's crazy. All right. This one says, and this is a new international version. If brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son, his widow must not marry outside the family. Her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duties of a brother-in-law to her. The first son she bears shall carry on the name of the dead brother so that his name will not be blotted out from Israel. However, if a man does not want to marry his brother's wife, she shall go to the elders at the town gate and say, my husband's brother refuses to carry on his brother's name in Israel. He will not fulfill the duties of a brother-in-law to me. Then the elders of his town shall summon him and talk to him. If he persists in saying, I do not want to marry her, his brother's widow shall go up to him in the presence of the elders, take off one of his sandals, spit in his face, and say, this is what is done to the man who will not build up his brother's family line. That man's line shall be known in Israel as the family of the unsandaled. Damn, she... They be talking on sandals, yo. That's yo, I can't believe that's, Oh, man. Oh, shit. That's a man. Birkenstock shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying because it's, wait, what? So, first of all, you're living together, two brothers, one of them's got a wife, the brother dies, the brother-in-law's got, hey, I guess I'll give you a son. Oh, fucking bing, bada boom. Yeah. And then, and then but he was like, oh, I don't want to marry my brother's wife. She's ugly. And, don't and, say that. She has great she? personality <laughs> and great tits. That might be true. And then she goes up to the gay and then her say, yo, Bobby, you know, you need to marry this woman. You know, that's your brother's wife right there. Say, but I don't want to. And then she's going to take off my sandal and I make it official. <laughs> well, the woman spits in the sandal or spits in his face. And then maybe that's the voice in the area of where the slap is going to be to give it a little more sting. You bastard. <laughs> so that was at BibleGateway.com, by the way, that I read that from. New internet. What else? Over- what else? This is getting juicy. This is juicy. This what is else? Crazy. What else? This is crazy. The rapist must marry the maiden. He must not divorce her. Deuteronomy 22, 29. And the slanderer must remain married to his wife. He must not divorce her. Deuteronomy 22, 19. So a lot of things going on there. So don't talk shit about your wife and don't have non-consexual sex or you're going to be married to somebody without any recourse. That's what's telling me here. This is what the laws say. Lovely. Lovely. Now, I did have to bring in this one, even though it's not Deuteronomic, which is 
not to have homosexual relations, Leviticus 18.22. And I will tell you right now, Julie, there was like 10 things to not do. Don't have homosexual sex with your father. Don't have homosexual. You can't? What? Why? I don't know. But that is just. <laughs> well, I have thoughts about that. Excuse me, but that is just wrong. You love love is love, people. Love is love. <laughs> <laughs> it was like maybe they're trying to combine homosexuality and incest together. They don't say the word uh, incest. A two for one. You know how much this Jewish girl loves a two for one. <laughs> <laughs> Buy one, get one free. It's yes. Yes. I, <laughs> All right, moving on. Here's some new ones. To be careful to eat only clean birds. No, oh, lovely. Deuteronomy 14.11. Not to eat of an animal that died without ritual slaughter. Kosher. We get it. Yes. All right. Yep. All right. And then they go on a different one. That was 14.21. Then 12.21 says ritually slaughter an animal before eating it. Kosher. Got it. Now, here's mm-hmm. one. Here's one that's super, super smart. And I'm so glad it's in the Bible because I would actually follow this rule today. Deuteronomy 22, 6 and 7, not to take a nesting bird with her egg and young and to release a mother Mm. bird if you did not take her. How common sense is that? If you have a chicken and you're taking the chicken's eggs, but then you take the chicken, how are you going to get more eggs? Common sense. Use your noggin. So this is what I'm saying. Okay, I got it. Now, here's one that kind of affects all of us. And if you ain't listening to this law, then you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself right and careful if you're driving and listening to this careful on your speed you might drive off the road in this into a ditch so just be careful be cognizant i can tell that we're setting up for something great let's have it what is it according to james the king james version of deuteronomy 22 11 thou shall not wear a garment of diverse sorts as of woolen and linen together so you know no. who's wearing like a poly spandex blend? You you sitting, y'all. You're sitting. If you're a religious person and you're wearing a polysynthetic blend, whether it be your church going fair or your what? Going to the gym and I don't want to sweat. Sorry, you're going to hell. Yeah. Maybe this person who is commenting is wearing a poly synthetic blend and i'm sorry but i laugh at the sinner and the saint okay <laughs> let's go. i hear you let's i mean go. i didn't see the picture i saw was one topless number one number two oh. it didn't seem like they were wearing pure linen shorts in that picture so yeah i would again don't be throwing stones because i'm gonna throw them right back at your poly blends yep that's all i'm saying on that and your husband that's also your father so there or your brother, who's also your husband. I don't know. Anyway, ah! uh, who knows how that works? Let's see. Here's a good one. This is actually one I agree with. To leave forgotten sheaves in the field or leave a sheaf for the poor. Not to retrieve them, but leave them for the widow, alien, and orphan. Hey, taking care of the poor. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing, hey, if you got extra stuff in the field, let it, leave it out for everybody else that they can have some if they are underprivileged. I'm all about that. Deuteronomy 15.7 says, not to withhold charity from those in need. Boom. Stuff we should be doing every day, right? Give it to the poor. I tell you what yep. I did today. It wasn't like they were poor, but I, I went, <laughs> I came home 
And the neighbor, two doors down, the young girl was having a lemonade stand. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute. And I'm like, I want to help them. So I just grabbed whatever, because I don't have cash on me, like dollar bills, y'all. So I just grabbed whatever cash I had in my cubby in my car. And I go over with my little pile of change. And I said, hey, how much is your lemonade? $2. I'm like, $2? I looked at my hand and what was in my hand. I'm like, I don't got $2. How much for a cookie? And she said, a dollar. I said, I will give you $1. And she put in a little baggie and I brought it home for Judy. So, you know, that was my church book contribution. That's lovely, but I think you're going to hell because you're not supposed to boast about your charitable contribution. <gasps> Just like I'm not supposed to talk about my inner journey of health and wellness and spirituality, especially not on the air from all these people. During the journey, you just it comes from within. You're going to hell, and so I'm sure. I mean, yes, obviously. Hello, Baruch Hatan and I, the Hebrews. I mean, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like, here's one that's even more. According to this person, I am. Yes, but here's one that's even more important. I want to make sure everybody who's listening goes to their home and checks absolutely whether this is true or not. Deuteronomy twenty five thirteen says not to possess inaccurate weights and scales even if they're not in use. So if, if you go on a scale of home and you weigh yourself and it's like, ah, 140, I love it. And in reality, you're 150, but you use any inaccurate scale, you're going to hell. Oh, well, I don't use any scale, so whatever. Me neither. Good. Me neither. I'd rather not know. Ignorance I don't weigh less. myself. <laughs> exactly. What else we got here? Let's see. Not to move a boundary marker to steal somebody's property. That seems pretty mm. obvious. I'm with that. Yeah. I'm down with that. To save someone being pursued, even by taking the life of the pursuer. Right? Save more words. I don't know. That's what it said. I can definitely go save down more. to the actual verse, which this seems to almost need it. So let me see what this crazy verse actually says. This is the new international version. If two men are fighting and the wife of one of them comes to rescue her husband from his assailant, and she reaches out and seizes him by his private parts... You shall cut off her hand, show her no pity. What is going on here? This sounds crazy. What am I reading? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? What? Cut off uh, her hand. Yeah. I, you know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna let that lie because that just got crazy, crazier than I expected. Well, here's what I thought was very practical, especially for the modern era. Era. Make a guardrail around flat roofs. Deuteronomy twenty two eight. Really important. I think it's very important to have a guardrail or maybe some sort of railing around some flat decking so mm. people don't fall off. That seems very much common sense. I'm all about that. So totally get that. Don't punish anyone who is forced to commit a crime. Carefully interrogate witnesses. Do not accept testimony from a lone witness. And litigants' relatives cannot testify. And again, these are all boiled down to their little roots. Really important in a court of law. It sounds really important and smart to do those things. And one I thought was also very important and smart, prepare latrines outside of camps. Don't eat where you shit, basically. Whoa, yeah. Boom. And also, prepare a shovel for each soldier to dig with. So, man, if I'm digging my own latrine, dig it and cover it up. So what is my point today, dear listener and Julia Rubenstein? My point is when somebody comes at you and is like, this one passage says that you're an abomination to God because you're a cross-dresser, you're androgynous, 
you're genderqueer, you're non-binary, all these things that you are and see yourself as. When somebody comes to you with that one specific passage and says, the Bible says it, therefore it's true, therefore you're an abomination to God, Mm. I could go back and I've just listed an absurdity of things that if one, if they aren't following the same tenets, tell them to go scratch. Two, if that's what they're going with, but yet there is all these other, there are all these other absurd things that we're also supposed to adhere to. Who's making these rules? God's making this rule. God's telling you, take the eggs, not the bird. God's telling you, dig a latrine away from where you're camping. God's telling you this. God needed to tell you this. So, yes, when I started hearing these things, I'm like, God, you got way too much time on your hands. Maybe work on the big items, the big picture things, because these don't sound like God laws. These sound like man-made laws to me. Yeah, thanks. I, I don't know. It seems like a lot of proof that says, yeah. So, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so, I know this has been an absurd episode, honestly. Whimsical. It, whimsical. And absurd. It's been whimsical. It has Very. been. Long story short, bottom line, don't let anybody tell you who you are and what you should be based on a dozen or so words in a Bible that is the only place in a Bible that talks about quote-unquote cross-dressing. Because if somebody can tell you that's the truth, then they should be held to the rest of it. Yes. Here. Here, here. Here, here. And I do respect all of you listeners that have real religion. For me, I have a culture. I have tradition. Tradition. And so it is said, and so it shall always be, Miss Hawk, a beautiful experience with the Fox and the Phoenix podcast. And I'm going to basically say something I heard from another wise and beautiful person here, here. Oh, you. All right. Bye for now. Until next time. Keep it holy, people. That's amazing. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living with Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H A U K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at Julie MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <gasps> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor copyright 2023. Yes, nailed it. If you enjoy our content and want to make it easier for others to find us, please share with your friends, tap the subscribe or follow button to the show wherever you're listening, give it a five-star rating, or leave a review. And for show ideas or comments, contact us through the podcast on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.